This is the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show, where we're always discovering how to make way more money and pay way less tax. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of Wealth Ability. So the government has been waging a war on small business for several years now, starting with COVID. Uh, we've got uh, tax, uh, you know, tax implications. Uh, there, there, there's things going on right this minute. Um, so today, what we're going to discover is one young one entrepreneur's um, efforts to combat this war and his ideas on what do we do about this war on small business, uh, uh, which is near and dear to my heart as I love uh, small business owners and entrepreneurs. And his name is Mar Michael Arietta. Did I get that Arietta. right, Michael? Michael Arietta. Yeah, that's fine. Michael Arietta. Ar I'll, I'll get this. Oh, there you Michael, go. That's perfect. Michael Arietta. And uh, uh, Michael, if you would, uh, welcome to the show. And if you just give us a little of your background and uh, why you are doing what you're doing. Yeah, thanks so much, Tom. Um, I love what you said. Make a lot more money and pay less taxes. That's a good way to uh, grow our great country. Um, so my name is Michael Arietta. I'm the founder and CEO of Garden City Companies. We're a people first uh, holding company and we buy, grow and forever hold small to mid-sized family owned companies. So we, every single morning we wake up and we speak to retiring business owners or business owners that are thinking about their succession plan they need in place, or they need a liquidity plan. A lot of them are all baby boomers. And they're saying, hey, I've owned this business for 10, 20, 30, 50 years, and I need to do something with it, right? I can't die with it. Uh, so I need to do something with it. So we have a very no-nonsense approach that we come alongside that business owner. We speak to them. We get to know their business, learn their business. We buy those companies from them and we help grow them and we have no intention of flipping them. And so um, the reason awesome. why we do that, our purpose is because we wanna see people thrive. So we wanna create amazing work environments where their workers could thrive, prosper and flourish. I, I love that. So it's uh, it's an interesting niche. Um, you know, we serve a similar niche at WealthAbility. We have a network of CPA firms that serves only the small business and only that, that small, medium-sized business. So small businesses, we have basically, we've seen them under attack for several years now. Um, you know, during COVID, uh, if you were a small business, you had to be closed. If you're a big business, you got to be open. Um, that was very clear. That was a very clear policy of, uh, by the way, remember that was a previous administration. So that's been a policy of several different state administrations, local administrations, as well as uh, the, the federal administration. And we currently see this attack on small business. Now, what, what attracts you to small business? What is it that you like about the small business, um, particularly um, instead of going the route that most um, most, most aggregators do, for example, and they go and they go, they take small and create big. Yeah. Most private equity companies, especially try to focus on mid-size, yep. a large cap company. Um, yeah, I think that our, I think our government has not tried to attack, uh, small businesses. I just think they don't understand them, which the result is hurting them. Right. Um, and so, like you know, in terms of small businesses, small operating companies, right, you need to learn how to run a balance sheet. You need to learn what actually creates profit. You need to learn supply chain and labor and the co cost of goods. 
And our governments have never done that. They don't run a balance sheet. They just print money, right? And so it's it's speaking Mandarin to someone that only speaks English, right? That they do not know how to relate or support or advance our great country, small to mid-sized businesses. Uh, the reason why I love small businesses, it's a backbone of every local community that there is, right? Of course, there's the monster companies that we look at, like the fang companies or the huge oil companies or CPG. But if you look at wherever you live in Arizona or where we live in Georgia, right, when your heater breaks out and it's 98 degrees in Atlanta with the humidity, where are you going? You're going likely, very, very likely to go to a small to mid-sized company. I don't even know the largest HVAC company that exists in Georgia. The largest one maybe does 50 million most of revenue, which is a small business, right? Yeah. Um, and so they're the backbones. We don't have electricity. We don't have running HVAC. We don't get to fix our plumbing if it's leaking. We can't do what, what it is that we do in our country without landscaping, without mechanics, right? Without small healthcare practices like doctors or nurses or paralegals, right? So our entire, entire infrastructure that we run our true day-to-day -day on is mainly operated and brought to you by small to mid-sized companies. So for me, yes, I could go invest in tech companies and, and do that, but I'd rather invest in a critical need that our country needs to have for the next decades to come. So, okay, so how, whether it's intentional or unintentional, it is happening. Um, you know, the, the small businesses under attack, big businesses attack them regularly. Uh, Walmart's been putting small businesses out of business for years, uh, at, you know, as, has, uh, uh, as have a lot of, you know, Amazon put small businesses out of business um, and uh, Microsoft put small technology companies out of business. You know, this is, this is, you know, you kind of expect it from the big companies. You don't expect it from the government. It makes sense. They, they don't really understand it. Um, I, I heard uh, recently that um, I read in the wall street journal that the average time spent in a private industry of the Biden administration officials is 2.4 years, which <laughs> which means that the average 25-year-old has more private industry experience than those people running our government. So that might explain why they are a little um, uh, ignorant of how small business or how business actually runs. So how does a small business protect themselves? How does, what, what does a small business in your mind um, have to do to thrive? Yes. So we always see it from three perspectives, culture, AKA people, technology, and sales slash marketing. So let's start with uh, culture, so people. So uh, big companies, right, versus small companies. So uh, recruitment, it's a lot easier for a large Amazon, Walmart, whomever, to go recruit people when they have a lot of recruiters, when they have tools and resources online, when they have a lot of dollars for fares, or they have any sort of recruitment dollars needed compared to a small business, right? Then you look at developing. People are now wanting purpose in the marketplace. They want a clear advancement opportunity, right? And so when you look at these companies, that large companies could have their employees switch from job to job if they're not satisfied, go from department to department, a small business does not really offer that. Right. So in terms of developing that employee, it's not in the same fashion. So what we look for in our small business when it comes to culture and people is how can we create the most caring Chick-fil-A like culture where when people work there, they actually feel loved. They feel seen. 
They feel acknowledged, respected, dignity, right? They feel like they can actually have a sense of living and mission and purpose. A, a big business cannot compete with us on that. So, 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 so give us uh, like two or three ways that a small business can do that. Sure. Um, a monthly or biweekly town hall. You bring all your people together and you tell them how we're doing as a company. We all want our employees to think like owners. Let's treat them like owners. Owners look at the PL. Owners know what's good, bad, and ugly. We put this entire Chinese, Chinese wall with our employees that we do not want to let them know how it's really going. So they can't really think like an owner. So transparency is one of the ways. Another, another one of the ways is development and leadership development. So we're constantly looking for ways to tell them how to conflict resolution, how to greet customers, problem solve, right? Um, we also look at how to help them out financially in terms of telling them new ways to save, like Rich Dad Poor Dad, which I know that you're involved with, things like that, resources that we give them, savings that we give them. Um, we, we give them tools around marital counseling, right? The two biggest issues of any working class person is marital issues and financial issues. So what would it look like for an owner to come alongside the two biggest issues employees have to say, hey, let us help you with that? right? Um, actually doing one-on-ones. That's something a lot of big companies don't do well. It's actually meeting with people say, how transparently, how's your job going? How can we do better? It's just caring. That's all it is. It's literally caring. So if we do that as small businesses, we will eat the lunch of those big businesses. They can't do that, right? They're too large or too bureaucratic. So people, the second one is technology enablement. These big businesses are really good because they have massive technology teams to so know what new technology exists out there, how to quickly procure it, how to deploy it, and change management. Small businesses, it's horrible right now. These small business owners, and a lot of them are boomers, know this thing called technology has been around for a long time. And when you ask them what their strategy is, they tell you that they have a website. Right, that is not acceptable. That was acceptable. <laughs> that that was acceptable in 1995. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right, and so this is something that small businesses need to grow a muscle in and say, what technologies exist? How can I procure it? How can I quickly implement it? And how is this a mandate that my employees must start to implement and adopt, rather than it's up to them? Right, and so they need a lot of support there. That's something that it's not as easy to turn on the switch as culture, right, and start to care more. That is something that they need professional help on. There's a lot of services. There's a lot of firms out there, right? People could contact me, and I'd be happy to send them to some. But you need to think through how to manage your customers through a CRM, through dispatch, through dispatch systems. You better be on QuickBooks, right? You better use things like DocuSign. Mm -hmm. All of these sort of things that are very easy plug and plays that would dramatically help you run faster, more efficient, more leaner, and potentially eliminate some jobs that I know is difficult to say, but it is unfortunately the only way we can compete with the bigger ones, right? So technology and enablement. And the last one is sales and marketing, right? <laughs> is that we have the chance of going above and beyond for our customers and loving them and meeting them in a way that large businesses cannot, right? So there's a um, I live in Atlanta and there's massive pest control companies here, right? They have all shared services, GNA, Terminex, and all these companies. Right. So they could go and spray my lawn for way cheaper than the small guys can, clearly, right? They don't have, they have more size and scale. They, could, they have buying power, buying the products at a much cheaper price. But what they cannot do is they cannot serve me as a human better than the big guys can. So the company I'm with, they speak to me. They ask me, 
Is your daughter having a birthday party this week? We won't spray at that time. What areas do you feel uh, the best, the worst? They write me notes my birthday. They, they send us Christmas cookies. These things that they go above and beyond that they actually win me as a human being, which these big businesses, they're no longer treating us like humans. They're treating us as a cog in the wheel, as a serial number. So we could beat the big businesses by going back to the fundamentals, right? Of treating people the way they want to be treated. Hey, if you like financial education the way I do, you're going to love Buck Joffrey's podcast. Buck's a friend of mine. He's a client of mine. He's a former board certified surgeon and he's turned into a real estate professional. So he has this podcast that is geared towards high paid professionals. That's who he's geared towards. So if you're a high paid professional, you're going, look, I'd like to do something different with my money than what I'm doing. I'd like to get financially educated. I'd like to take control of my money and my life and my taxes. I would love to recommend Buck Joffrey's podcast, which is called Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. I hope you join Buck on this adventure of a lifetime. No question. We, we, we find that in my industry, in the CPA industry, where uh, you've had a lot of consolidation right into these big, um, what I call the cheesecake factory firms, right? Where they're really big and you got a really big menu and they'll do everything. They just do it very adequately, right? And that's it. And there's no personal, there's nothing, you know, they're, they're not taking time for you. They're not actually proactively helping you. They're not checking in with you. And uh, I, I, this is why we specialize in the small CPA firm for the same reason is because you, the the big firms just won't do that. It, it's not even that they couldn't, it's that they can't make as much money. And that's really all they care about is making more money. Let me give you hope really quick on just an example. So um, a lot of my investors are owners of very large quick service restaurant brands and franchises. Um, and one of the biggest key themes right now going across America is these micro restaurant chains are eating their lunch. Yep. So you look at big box sort of restaurants and their lines are completely empty. Yet you go to a curated, authentic, yep. human focused, little micro 10, 10, 10 location restaurant and they're slammed, right? Why is that? They're going back to the fundamentals of let's provide a good product. Let's treat people the way they want to be treated. Let's do it on time and let's be nice. Right. And I believe surely if you do three things, you will win a customer every single time. One is deliver a product or service without defect. Two, do it on time, the time that you promise. And three, be nice. If we could do those three on service, a product without default, without defect, a service or product without a defect, if we could be on time and if we could be nice, we will win the big <laughs> every time. You, you, you would think that that would be obvious, right? But you're right. I find that you're, you rise to the top 10% simply by doing those three things. Yes. Yes. Every time. If you, go to a, if you go to a restaurant and they give you a steak that's cooked perfectly and it comes out of time, but the waiter's a jerk, worst experience. The waiter's amazing and it came out perfectly timing, but it's overcooked. The, it, it, it's a horrible experience as well, right? So you need all three. And these small businesses, if they focus on those three fundamentals, they'll win every single time. It's happening in the hotels as well, right? So these yep. small chains, you can't get into them versus yep. you go to Maria and they're giving away the rooms for free almost because no one wants to stay there anymore. So it's happening and I hope it happens more. 
Yeah, I, I agree. So what are, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're seeing um, small businesses facing? Because you see all these different small businesses, you're deciding, do I want to acquire you? Do I not? What challenges are you seeing that they're, they're facing that potentially could kill them? Yeah, um, labor is horrible right now. It's really difficult to recruit good labor. Um, as you know, COVID changed that a lot with, yep. getting, with um, our government really incentivizing them not to work and yep. incentivizing them to stay home. So people are still tainted by that. Um, you have also companies like Waffle House or a lot of other good companies, but they're paying a very low income people a very high wage making very little profit of their company themselves. So they're killing the whole capitalistic model. So when you look at us trying to hire people, we just can't compete really against the big box retailers, the big box stores. Um, also with, in regards to labor, it's just, um, it's really hard these days finding people that believe what we believe in, in being humble being hungry and always being willing to be smart and learn more, right? So we need to develop, our country needs to develop more good workforce, kind of the good old American way of what we built our great country so, on. So how does, how, how does, I mean, outside of culture, how does a small business uh, attract those people? You need to be really strategic and wise as your um, sources of, 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 of employment. So we're constantly looking at former military and veterans. We're constantly looking at former athletes of schools, right? We're constantly working with churches and saying, uh, do you have good people at your church that are looking for work, right? So you have to be very wise that indeed Craigslist online reviews on just go press submit. Those do not work anymore. End of story. Right. They do not show up to the interviews. If they show up to training, they do not show up to day one. If they show up to day one, they will not show up the next day. They're like, it does not work. So you have to be very, very, very wise and strategic about the pockets that you try to target of getting you good, good labor. How, 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 Let me uh, quick when, when, there's a company in Texas. Yeah. I just heard about this. A company in Texas, um, I won't say, when, or they're in the uh, building maintenance janitorial industry. All of their best field managers are former teachers. They're former principals. Mm. So they finally found a little niche of saying these people work hard. They haven't made much money, but they care a lot about running a tight ship and having people learn, right? And that, it was amazing. It's a genius source of recruiting good, good talent. from. We need to think like that. How, how do you, um, you know, one of the challenges, of course, is that the big business, uh, they'll, they'll do a couple of things. They will recruit on, on price, right? They'll pay more and then, then the small business can afford to pay. And they will say, well, you can work from home in, you know, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. You don't have to, you don't have to be in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. So, so two things, um, Hort Schultz, the founder of the Ritz Carlton, he did a study with JD power and what people want out of work you would think money is top one, two, three. It was number six. It was number six. What people want most out of work is purpose. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves, they said. They want to feel as though they matter. They wanted a voice. They wanted some elbow. They wanted their voice to be heard. Those are like all the things I just said were like the top four things, right? So what would it actually look like that when someone comes to work at your janitorial company, pool building, uh, CPA firm, inspection, home inspection company, whatever it may be that you say, welcome, 
you matter here. And we are building the world's best home inspection company you've ever seen. And we're going to be the finest company you've ever seen. And by being employed here, we selected you. We didn't hire you. By being employed here, you yourself are now considered as a person of excellence, right? Giving them that dignity, involving them in something bigger than themselves. How do these great nonprofits, I'm involved with a lot of nonprofits. How are they recruiting such good people right. still? How is that happening? Right, because they, 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 they pay almost nothing. Yeah, they're involving them in something bigger than themselves. And the people would say, you could pay me 300000 and I won't leave. Well, why don't we think like that in the business world? So why don't we actually, again, focus on the human rather than the business? Why don't we focus on what makes the money instead of the actual money? So that's one. Um, to answer your specific um, uh, to answer your specific question, um, what was your question again? So, so what about, you know, they can work from yes. somewhere else yeah. and you need them to work there. Yeah. Um, so a big thing in that is the playbook has been, you need to rewrite the whole playbook, right? You need to rewrite the whole playbook, having an office with cubes and having to be a certain way and having the vending machine and say, put in a dollar for a Coca-Cola, right? Because everyone else is doing that. Again, these small businesses are operating the stone ages for the most part. Now, when your competitors are saying work from home in your pajamas with boxers on while you're drinking your coffee and your dog's licking your toes, right? How do we compete with that while needing them in the office is you need to change your work office environment. You know, we, we go extreme and say, well, we're not going to be like Google and give them a massage and give them free food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's like, no, you don't have to. But why don't you actually put some more human element in it? Do you actually believe that space is important? I do. I have a chair with a pillow and a light and I like it here, right? It makes me feel warm. We need to actually make the investment into our workplace and have people want to go there. Have we ever asked our people, how would you enjoy the office more? Which would probably make them want to come to the office more, right? It'd probably be get rid of the vending machine, which you pay $500 a month for, and you have your people pay, go to Costco and get free Coca-Cola, put it in there and people will feel loved and seen. So you need to completely rewrite the whole model. I love it. Okay. So this has been fantastic. I, I, I could literally go another hour um, on, on this topic and we'll have to have you back for sure. Um, just in wrapping up though, what would be in, in your mind, the top two or three things that a small business owner ought to be considering right now, something that they can do in the next few weeks, even uh, to change the way um, they do business. There's a lot of now to start rapid firing. One is create a recession mitigation plan. Uh, if we all believe that we're going into a recession or we're already in a recession, you better have a plan right now, option A, B, or C that you're gonna pull the lever on before you're caught with the tide going out. Uh, two is raise prices because inflation was 9.1% last month, right? And you are probably not raising prices fast enough, right? So you're as you're offering your product or service or your salaries or whatnot, your gross margin is getting absolutely obliterated right now, likely. Uh, three is be very strategic on where you recruit people for. Four, four, if you don't have a vision statement of inviting people onto a journey, you better create a vision statement to invite people onto a journey. And number five is find out at least one solution of technology you could roll out by the end of this year that will help either create a better employee experience or a better customer experience that helps you automate your business in a better fashion. I love it. Awesome. It's Michael Ariata and sure. it is uh, join, uh, joingardencity.com. Is that right? Yeah. Garden City Equity or Join Garden City. That's awesome. So thank you so much, Michael. Thank you for all you're doing. Uh, to encourage, to educate small business. Uh, I believe that entrepreneurs are the lifeblood of the world. 
and uh, that if, without entrepreneurs, uh, we'd be in a lot of trouble and we need to encourage that entrepreneurship. So thank you so much. Remember also that, you know, as I wrote in Win-Win Wealth Strategy, the government will actually pay you to start a business. The government will pay you to do these things. And so remember that as you do these good things, as you reinvest in your business, what you'll end up doing is making way more money and paying way less tax. We'll see everyone next time. You've been listening to The Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.